And we're back, folks, another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Post-spring game edition wasn't really a huge visit event, the spring game this year, but there were some visitors on campus and some noteworthy visitors afterwards and upcoming this coming weekend and one of the top targets on Michigan's board set to be on campus. So we will get into all of that with the best crew in the land, the crew from the MichiganInsider.com. Here with me like they are every single week, of course, Bryce Marich. Bryce, how are you? I'm doing good. You know, it's funny because at the spring game, I noticed he needed a whiteout, so I almost volunteered to help out, you know, services there, but they had enough, so I stayed back. You, they, you think they needed whiteouts at the spring game? I think I'm just saying. That, a couple that's guys the that one spot they did need. A couple deep routes. I'm saying for Colin K, you know, for his uh, I got time you. I got exhibition. You. you know, some of those guys, their deep routes didn't look, you know, they weren't making it down the field as quick as I could have, but it's all right, you know. He hey, man, you, you were within earshot of him. You should have said something. He would have put you out there. I, you know, I, I didn't want to get in the way of, you know, Spike. He was filming, directing, you know, to stay out of those guys type away. So. Uh, all right. And then, of course, Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you? Bryce Dunn. <laughs> I'm good. Things are good. Same as always. Looking forward to this episode. Should be an interesting one today. So Yeah, yeah. So look, we're like we're like the folks who are listening right now in looking ahead to the or at least we were, looking ahead to the spring game and and anticipating it being a major event. Now, and they've had a ton of guys up over the course of spring ball. So it's not for a lack of visitors but some of the big time guys that were slated to come have conflicts jason moore for instance his brother plays for villanova and because michigan didn't beat villanova he was at the final four watching his watching his brother's team because his brother was out with the achilles injury but that took jason moore off the list for michigan i talked about nick harbour nick harbour had a track meet he blazed it 10 to 9 personal record 100 meter the dude's a freak he had a track meet at myrtle beach he couldn't be at the spring game uh, another big-timer, Jalen Brown, wanted to be up. Five-star receiver from Miami. He had to track me, too. Couldn't be up at that time. But the, and but there weren't – it was never going to be, it turns out, Steve, a big visit list. So if a, if a few guys fall off, then you wind up with a weekend where folks are looking at it like, man, wow, what was the what was the deal with that? Well, they, they never intended for it to be a huge weekend, and then a few of the guys who were huge targets wound up falling off the board. Yeah, so I went back and forth about whether it was the right thing to do. I think we know in the past, you know, Michigan spring game, not an event that fans really ever seem to show out for relative to a lot of other, a lot of the fan bases that they're really recruiting against. You know, Ohio State usually fills Ohio Stadium for their spring game. Uh, schools down south, it's a, it's a much bigger event. So, you know, I can see where, you don't want to make this the centerpiece of your spring visit period because it, it might not really show the true, uh, not won't show Michigan stadium at its best. You know, so I thought maybe not the best weekend to do, but then as we talked about before we got on um, having Colin Kaepernick, there is a, is a kind of a big draw. I would have thought uh, for, to have some recruits up there and to, and to watch him throw and to meet him and, listen to whatever, you know, I think, I don't know if he spoke to the team. He did. Um, he did. Right. I thought, yeah, I thought he did. That's what I thought, uh, you know, have him up there or whatever would have been kind of a neat draw. So uh, I have described the visitor list as, as underwhelming. I think that's a conservative way to probably put it uh, considering some of the guys that were originally supposed to show. So uh, more pressure on Michigan for the, probably the spring official visit period and the barbecue in July to uh, really make sure they get some of these guys that they really want uh, in Ann Arbor. But there were, there were some notables that made it up Bryce. And I know you were down at field view as they came in. So the names, the, the biggest names that made it through the tunnel were who? So you mentioned Nicholas Harbor and uh, although he couldn't make it, his teammate, Joseph Mumpoyi, Actually did. He's a edge rusher, 6'5", 210, lean. But he's a guy that, Sam, when you went down to see Nicholas Harbor, you mentioned right before we got on the podcast, he's the guy that really flashed to you and kind of shined. Um, and, you know, it's funny because he spent a lot of times with one of the commits that was up there, Brooks Barr, 
who's in coming in the 2023 class, and he's a defensive lineman. Brooks is about 6'6", maybe 275. He's a big guy. Joseph himself, I don't know if his height's correct. Well, we have 6'5 right now. I think he's taller than that. He he stood next to Brooks, and he almost looked like he was bigger than Brooks himself. Um, he was getting a lot of attention from Mike Elston, the new defensive line coach. And you could kind of get the vibe in the sense that he's going to be a top target for Michigan moving forward. So he's a guy that made it up. They had a also another guy that maybe not a lot of people knew was coming in. And I think Michigan quietly got him up to campus, which was Aaron Gates, who's a Florida commit. He's a four-star um, athlete, I think, but he's going to project to be on the defensive side of the ball more in the secondary six foot 180, a guy that could again, play both ways. He's from the state of Georgia. Um, so he plays good competition and at the rate that Florida's recruiting, um, I think this is one that if Michigan really, really pushes. And I think this is a guy Michigan does like, especially getting him up to campus for the spring game, they have a chance to flip him. So he was one of the guys that got up as well. Yeah. So Joseph Mupoyi is, first of all, he's a great kid. And and I want to make it clear when I say he flashed more than Nick, it, it's, it's, it's because of, you know, Nick is a, a, a tight end on their squad. And they are a running team. And so they ran the football a ton. Now, he didn't get many targets. That he wasn't like – it wasn't like they force-fed Nick Harbour the football like you would expect for a guy who is 6'5", 210, and runs a three-second 40, right? You would think you'd throw it up to him every time. That's not them. That's not how they do. Uh, so Joseph, I mean, you could really see his speed, his quickness. Really lean guy. He's picked up some some weight since then, but – He's a guy that is extremely new to football. Uh, you know, when I went to see him, and what was that? I think that was back in, I think the was the bye week in October. I think the bye week was in October last year. So he was that was maybe his third his third month playing football in his life, right? That basically they just put some pads on him and said, "Go rush the passer." And, and hey, how about you kick the football too? Uh, you know, I think he kicked a fifty-two yard field goal. Last year, because the dude's been playing soccer his whole life, uh, he's from the Congo. He came and he originally came over playing basketball. And they said, hey, you know, let's just see what it looks like with him on the football field. And they're like, okay, this is the future for him. Like he can be, he can be an okay basketball player. But guy, six five guys on the basketball court are a dime a dozen. And if you aren't a baller as a six five guy, you get just rolled over. But six five defensive ends that could come off the ball. With speed, uh, yeah, you, you can teach him the rest, right? And so that's where they are with Joseph Mupoy. He's a lump of clay, uh, you know, in, much in much like, uh, you know, David Ajabo was a lump of clay when he first got to Blair Academy. So, you know, you, you wonder if that kind of trajectory is in Mupoy's, is in his future. It may well be. You certainly have a number of schools thinking that's the case, and Michigan appears to be among them. And this is the other part, Steve. There is no question that the employee recruitment helps you with Nick Harbor. Guaranteed. Now, I can't say it guarantees that you get Nick Harbor. I'm just saying it guarantee. I guarantee you it helps him. I remember going to sit down. I interviewed Joseph, and at the time, his English wasn't, you know, there were, there were some things that were lost in, in translation, some, some of the questions that were lost in translation. So Nick was there as kind of like pseudo translator. Like, hey, this is what he's talking about. Tell him about this. And, hey, remember that? Why don't you tell him about that? And, you know, tell him about this offer and tell him about that offer and tell him what you like. So he was sort of running the recruitment, I mean, running the interview. And then when Joseph was done, he was like, that's my guy. You know, I love it. It'd be great if we could play in college together. This is a dude that, you know, he's good in his own right. And he's good enough to take in his own right. But that it helps you with Nick Harbor, I think, shoots Joseph Mupoye up the up the priority list, at least as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that last point, Sam, that this is not, you know, we've had recruitments in the past where there might be a teammate or a friend that is kind of, uh, you know, sidles a little bit. I don't think this is, I think Mupoye is a legitimate prospect. Like you said, I think Penn State, Maryland, a couple others on the Eastern Seaboard have offered him as well. So, you know, not as if he is a, a uh, low-level prospect that is just kind of along for the ride in this one. Because obviously we know Michigan wants Nick Harbour. He's probably one of their top two or three 
overall targets in, in the class uh, just for his, his ability, his potential. Uh, but Mupoy is a high ceiling prospect on the edge too. You know, and we've seen what Michigan does with guys that are still learning the game of football and that at that edge position, they've had a lot of success there uh, regardless of the coordinator or scheme, honestly. I mean, edge is a spot Michigan continually produces at regardless uh, of who's in charge. So, you know, I think that's, you know, having Mupoy up is a great thing. I know Harbor was, he was one that was going to try to make it, had some, was setting some outrageous track times again, running like 10, 10, 10 threes against guys that he was literally twice the size. I was, I don't know what was funnier was watching him run that fast or seeing the size of all the kids that he's running and beating. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> I just, I'm amazed every time I watch that dude run track. But anyway, uh, yeah, both guys are, you know, guys that Michigan legitimately wants. So, you know, having that relationship and we know we've, we've talked before about the, the connections and the, um, you know, Harbor really likes a lot about what Michigan has, has a lot of Michigan people in his corner uh, as far as, you know, from his program and, and his school or whatever. So, you know, having both of these guys get some good Michigan experience is something I think the staff is going to want to continue to build off of. Yeah, no doubt it is. Uh, and getting them on campus now, was huge and you were able to focus you know this is the glass half full i'm not saying that it was a good thing that nick wasn't here right i'm not certainly not saying that at all but him not being here you're able to focus more of your attention on joseph he got all the all the focus all the love when when he was on campus and that can't that can't hurt letting him know how much of a priority he is for these coaches and for for mike elston so we'll see how it goes but you mentioned uh, Edwin Spielman. That was another guy that, I mean, you can see even from up top. I mean, George Hilo was all over him there, Bryce. Oh, they, they essentially were best friends. I mean, this was a guy, like I said, that when he walked onto the field and came down the sideline, first person he was greeted by was George Hilo. So you could tell he's going to be a priority. He's a four-star. And actually with the top two, four, seven rankings for the 2024 class that came out, He's one of our top linebackers in the country. You know, he's from the Nashville area, which Michigan, Sam, as you know, has pretty good connections there now, especially with Miles Pollard, who was played quite a bit during the spring game. So you got to see a guy that he knew on the field. Um, and that was good to uh, get him up to campus. Big thing with that recruitment will be his brother is committed to in-state Tennessee. So you have to, you know, be aware that this is a recruitment of why you do have connections at Michigan. He's also got pretty good connections elsewhere. Um, but this is a guy you can tell is going to be a big target for them moving forward. And a guy that I think they actually still have a really good chance with. He mentioned to me, they made a great impression, especially George Hilo and, you know, Biff Poggi, um, two guys he really enjoyed talking to. So we'll see where things go, but he was another headliner for Michigan at the spring game. Yeah, so I was able to catch up with Edwin Spielman, too, and, you know, ask him about his brother. He was very honest about that. It is a big factor for him. That is a big lure for him in state Tennessee, but said that he's going to give Michigan a strong look regardless. So, uh, you know, re got, did that interview for, here for the podcast. So, I'll drop it in here right now. Here is my conversation one-on-one -on -one with Edwin Spielman. First things first, just take me back through your season. How did things go for you on the football field last year? Um, for me, on the field, everything went great. Um, made a bunch of plays, made, had a lot of tackles. Uh, my team went 12-1, and one, I think, and uh, we went to the state championship and we won it. Okay. All right. And so individually, obviously you guys had a lot of collective success. Individually, how did how did you do? Can you remember what your stats were? Uh, no, sir. I'm going to have to text my coach. Okay. All right. All right. So do this for me. Edwin, pretend for a second that you're a coach or a scout in the stands and you're watching yourself on the field. Kind of break down your game. Give me a scouting report. Uh, me as a player, uh, I'm very versatile. Um, I pretty much like to do everything from uh, being a pass rusher, just staying inside the box, playing inside linebacker, uh, doing edge stuff, and also uh, also playing coverage. I can pretty much do it all. 
Is there a player in college or or the pros that people compare you to or that you try to emulate? Um, yes, sir. Uh, most of the places that I've been to um, see me being kind of like a Micah Parsons type of uh, player and also like um, I went to Michigan this past weekend and they compared me to like uh, Junior Colson a lot, so Okay. All right. Obviously, a guy who's from your neck of the woods. How did or when did Michigan first start showing interest in you? I mean, was, is that new? Is that recent? Or have they been showing interest in you for a while? Um, uh, they first started showing interest, um, I think, like a couple of months ago when I first got offered. Um, and then pretty much after that, we've just been, like, keeping in touch and everything. Okay. So was this – was this your first Michigan experience, your first time being up in Ann Arbor? Yes, sir. Okay, so uh, I assume you've been other – like, what other campuses have you visited so far? Um, this spring, I visited only uh, Tennessee, and I was uh, planning to go on uh, a bunch of other places, but uh, me and my parents decided that we would do all, the, all that type of trips and all that stuff uh, my junior year. So I've only been to Tennessee and Michigan right now. And uh, I have Ohio State planned on the 16th. And then uh, we were supposed to go to Clemson this weekend, but uh, uh, we couldn't make the trip. So we're heading down to UT because it's closer and everything. Gotcha. So what were your biggest takeaways from your time in Michigan? Like what stood out the the most to you? Uh, What stood out to me was just like, the culture and everything uh, about Michigan. Uh, uh, when I first walked in, uh, uh, some of the coaches like introduced, like showed me around the place and uh, they showed me like the little uh, staircase of like footballs for like wins and everything. And I just thought that was really cool. Um, I also like got to talk to a bunch of like coaches and uh, a couple of the players and everything I really enjoyed and uh, I really enjoyed what Michigan was about now did either of your parents uh, get a chance to come with you or did you just come up with the Pollards um I went up my dad came with me okay okay all right so what did your dad think of the trip um he, I, he, he seemed to really enjoy Michigan also um, he thought like he thought it was a great place, and uh, he's excited for the future. Gotcha. All right. So I know you've gotten this question a bit since your brother committed to Tennessee, but how how much does that weigh, and how much does you know Tennessee being an in-state sort of hometown school, how much does that weigh into those things weigh into your thought process? Um. Yeah. Being being uh from Tennessee. And being recruited by University of Tennessee football um, is kind of like a big deal and everything like that. Uh, and also, my brother just committed, so uh, yeah, that is that is going to play a big role into um, the place I choose uh, to go to for the next three to four years. Gotcha. All right. So tell me, is you, you got a long way to go, a long time to go, Edwin, before you make a decision? <laughs> when you get ready to to sit down, have you thought about what the big factors are going to be? in that decision like what are what are going to be the most significant factors in your choice um for me it's just going to be like a place where i'm going to feel like it's home and everything uh also a place that i feel like i will get to play early and show off my abilities uh so i can get on the field early um uh, and just like a place that like i'm be able to do well uh as a person on the field and also off the field and then just uh a place that's going to have, like, good education that's going to help me uh, with life after football and everything like that. So that's that's all I'm just looking for, just a place that's going to make me a, a, place, a better person on the field and also off the field. Okay, so obviously you, you know Miles. How – how tight were you guys? Did you know him really, really well, or is he just like a 7-on-7 like a teammate? How well do you know Miles? Um, uh, Miles – like I've I've known Miles since uh I first met him when I was like around like sixth grade or something like that. I think he was an eighth. Um, but um I played seven on seven with him and everything like that and him and my brother are pretty close friends, so um 
so I, I knew I knew I, I've known Miles and everything like that too. Okay. So, did did you know Junior at all? Uh no, sir. Uh this past week was my first time meeting him, but I knew of him. Okay. All right. All right. So as you look at your timeline, your brother uh just made a decision. Do you anticipate, you know, sort of making a decision in the same time frame? Or are you gonna are you gonna wait closer to like signing day of your senior year? What have you thought about your timeline? Um uh no, sir, I haven't really thought about that. I've just been uh focused on like figuring out uh like what visits to go to, what would be like a good visit for me to send and like what place I'm really like focusing on and everything like that. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense, especially this this early in the game. So how much of a factor do you think distance from home is gonna play? I know you've only been to a couple of places so far, but do you have a feel for whether or not distance is gonna factor in for you? Uh no sir. Uh this isn't isn't really gonna factor for me. Um, I've been away from home a bunch of times for like, uh, just like trips and like football, uh, uh, seven on seven tournaments and everything like that. So, um, it wouldn't really play like a big factor on me, but like, I would still like miss home and everything like that. But, um, I'm just like going to go like, I'm just going to go to a place that's going to make me feel, uh, good about where I'm at. And then if it does end up being far away from home then that's just what it's gonna have to be and everything right i got you and my last couple for you uh just your interaction with the uh with the coaches what did you think of coach hilo up here at michigan uh i really like coach hilo uh seemed like a real nice and genuine dude uh great man um seemed like he really knew what he was talking about uh i got to watch some film of him of just how they practice and uh how uh, the linebackers and everybody, how they all uh, do over there as players and also teammates. And um, I really got to uh, spend time with Coach, and I really enjoyed it. Now, uh, did you did you get a chance to connect with the coordinators or, or Coach Harbaugh while you were up here? Yes, sir. I also got to meet, yeah, uh, I got to talk to the, uh, the defensive coordinator and also Coach Harbaugh. I really enjoy, uh, enjoyed talking to them also. Okay. Uh, and I guess uh, last one for you. Do you anticipate uh, later on down the line getting back up to Michigan, either for camp or for a game or something like that? Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll definitely come up soon. Um, I'm guessing the next time I'll probably be up there is around the summertime or uh, for a game or something like that. Okay. Thank you, Edwin. Appreciate your time, man. Yes, sir. No problem. All right, guys. So that's gonna be. That's going to be a little bit of an uphill one uh, for sure. But, again, you got some time. You got some time to work on that. He's not going to be making a decision until uh, after his uh, – after next after his junior campaign, probably around the same time as his brother. So you, you maybe he wants to blaze his own path and go his own way. We shall see. Uh, but, but moving on from there, Bryce, I mean, back to the here and now, Michigan's still trying to fortify – it's uh, it's ranks along the defensive line, even though we saw some guys flash pretty well in the spring game. Uh, you know, they are looking in the portal and there was an important visitor that made his way to campus on Sunday. Yeah, so they actually had official visitor come up Sunday to Tuesday. Um, Central Florida defensive tackle Cam Good. He's a guy that's listed at 6'2", 315. Um, recorded about 23 tackles this past season. And several years ago, when he was going through the recruiting process, he originally committed to Virginia Tech. He's from the DMV area, and he decided to transfer to Central Florida, which I don't think is a bad area. I mean, you could see Mickey Mouse, you know, you got the pools, you got the sun. But anyways, regardless, you know, he came up to Michigan, came up with his family, and from all accounts and everything I've heard, it blew him away and his family as well. From one source I talked to, they said it was absolutely breathtaking. It completely was an official visit. They knocked out the park. And this is a guy, I think, that also has plenty of connections to the university and to the football program, mentioning the DMV connections. He's got Blake Horm up there, Quint Johnson, who actually came from the same high school, St. John's. So he knows guys already on the roster as well. Um, and this is a guy that I think that, you know, if you're going to bring up a guy on official visit, they have to pretty much 
have a good sense of what they think of him and how they like him. And so we're going to see where things go from here. But again, I think Michigan could be pretty much tough to be in this recruitment. I know he did take, a, you know, trips to Syracuse and Vanderbilt. Um, and I don't know if he's trying to make a commitment here sooner than later. But like I said, Michigan's in a great spot. They really did everything they could to blow him away, which they did. And we'll see where things go. And like I said, this is a guy I don't know how much you should expect from him if they do land him. I'm not saying he's going to be a Jordan Whitley, you know, type of an addition. But I think he could make an impact as well on this roster. Yeah. Uh, you hope he's – you hope that it's – got to be more than Jordan Whitley, don't you? I mean, this is no, not to disparage oh, Jordan Oh, yeah, Whitley. and I, I think he could. I definitely think yeah. he could. That's not the thing. I just don't know. I was going to say. You want him to be – I don't. I just don't know if you're asking him to be Mazda Smith. Uh, you know uh, what I mean? you got to find an in-between. Uh, yeah, okay. You know? That's – okay. That Okay. Yeah, in-between would be fine. And, again, that's not – no disrespect intended to Jordan Whitley, but you just didn't see a whole lot of him last year, and I think they would want to see much more of uh, of cam good so hopefully there's a good outcome uh, with that one uh, but there was another kid i mean we if there's one spot that for all of the hand-wringing about recruiting and and i understand we understand uh some of the early sort of hand-wringing about recruiting one thing one position group steve fans should never worry about uh is edge i mean michigan recruits the hell out of edge uh even if it's an under the radar guy who is an emerging sort of long projection type talent like Mupoyi, uh, you know they're going to get a guy like that. And there was another one that we, you know, sort of made his way around, made his way on the board, and now is a prime target for Michigan. Yep, so Collins Achiampong, um, going with my gut on the pronunciation here. No thanks to Greg Biggins, our West Coast guy. No help there. Uh, just teasing, but uh, <laughs> anyway three-star prospect out of Anaheim who kind of, again, talk about Mupoy being new to the game. I think Collins is even newer to the game. Um, a basketball player by trade, 6'8", 230. Um, all the athleticism in the world has already seen. You talk about a guy, I don't believe he's played football in at least two years. or it, So I can't remember the exact story, but a kid who's barely played any uh, has USC, UCLA, Washington, Miami, like a lot of big schools already after him. If you want to talk about, you know, you can see the potential in this kid. So Michigan offered him and then hosted him. Like I want to say about a week after they offered, uh, they actually got him immediately to campus. I know a lot of people are very leery about Michigan recruiting Southern California and, and the success there or whatever. Um, a, they're always going to recruit there. So get used to it. There's, you can't not recruit it and B they've still gotten guys. They signed three guys out of California Last year, Mason Graham's from Anaheim, um, you know, but but Collins is, is a kid. Sounds like Michigan. This is one that Michigan really knocked out of the park uh, and is a guy that we moved to top target immediately, not immediately after the visit, shortly afterwards or whatever. Uh, and given we've already talked about a lot of edge guys they're recruiting, there's some big names in there, and Pemba, Keon Keeley, uh, a lot of other big names they're recruiting. Harbor, obviously. Uh, Collins is a kid that I think, is, is right up there now is a guy that Michigan really, really wants. Uh, so not the last time we're going to be talking about him. I do obviously think that pulling him out of the West, you're getting him out of the PAC 12 footprint is going to be the hardest part, uh, both for Michigan. And like I said, I mentioned Miami, I think there's a couple other, maybe one or two sec schools have offered as well. Uh, that'll be the difficult part of it. Uh, but again, Michigan's done really well at the edge spot. And you got to think if you're a kid, that has as if as long as the coaches are pitching it properly, Michigan should get a fair shake from any edge prospect in the, in the country. I mean, I don't know what more of a track record you'd want as a high school prospect um, at a position as Michigan has at at edge. So yeah, Collins, it's like I said, Etchy Ampong, uh, a name to watch going forward. Absolutely. All right. So what we'll do is we'll call this halftime because Michigan, uh, as as targets in this class go. Uh, there can't be many, if any, bigger than Charles, like literally and figuratively, than Charles Jagusa, a big-time offensive line prospect. So we'll take a pause here. We'll come back on the other side. We'll talk about Jagusa and who the battle is with for one of the top offensive linemen in the country. We'll get into that and talk a little Dante Moore as well here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. 
All right, so guys, uh, big time visitor. Didn't make it in for the spring game, but it's still, you're getting them in this spring, which is huge considering for a while there, there was talk, there was speculation that Notre Dame might be on the verge of luring Charles Jagusa into the fold. So uh, big time visit, pivotal visit here. Uh, Steve, how do, you, how do you handicap this one at this point? Yeah, this is a huge visit. Uh, I think Jagusa is a kid. I think I, I did the 10 prospects. I think Michigan should go strongest at. Uh, he was one of them. And if this is, at least right now, uh, not sure how long he's going to drag things out, but this is definitely a Michigan-Notre Dame battle. Um, I think we'd be in agreement. Uh, Notre Dame's recruiting really well right now. Marcus Freeman's kind of hit the ground running in South Bend, and they're really resonating with a lot of guys. So I think it's paramount for Michigan in, in this weekend's visit to really make a strong impression. I think, I think most people, uh, I think I do, I do. I think there are three crystal balls in for Notre Dame right now. Uh, but I do think it's a lead Michigan can, can close or maybe move past. I mean, it sounds like it's a lot closer than the crystal balls may indicate, but I would say that Notre Dame probably leads going into the weekend. So high ceiling kid, I want to say six, seven, one of those um, skinnier guys with the right frame to build weight. You know, I'm not sure if he's a year one guy or not. I don't, Michigan doesn't really necessarily need a year one guy uh, at the tackle spot, but but is a kid that, yeah, like I said, for sure, is, is of the tackles they're recruiting hardest might be the one with the highest ceiling. So, you know, and they've done really well in Illinois. Uh, that's one area where you can't really dismiss what Michigan's done. So uh, really one of the most important visits in the last three or four months, in my opinion, just because, you know, got to slow Notre Dame's momentum down here a little bit. He's really, really good. And it's an area and position that Michigan uh, should be able to recruit well at. Yeah, you, you mentioned Notre Dame. He is visiting Notre Dame. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember the order. Is it Notre Dame before Michigan or after Michigan? I think it might be Notre Dame and then Michigan on the visit plan um, this weekend. But you also have as a dark horse in there Sam Pittman in, in Arkansas. Ordinarily, I discount Arkansas, but because it's an offensive lineman and because Sam Pittman – is re regarded as such an O-line guy even now as a head coach that you can't write him off. And I know he's been down there. He's expected to go back. I think what you have to your, you know, if you're trying to look glass half full at that one, Bryce, is he does not seem like he's in a rush. So it feels like there's at least a little bit of time to try to make up some ground. And Sharon Moore, <laughs> you, this is – this is an opportunity for this kid to be in front of Sharon Moore, offensive line coach slash OC. I like my chances anytime you put one of Michigan's top recruiters, if not the top recruiter, in front of a guy. Yeah, and you know, and the other thing too with him is he's been to Michigan. He, you know, he came up last fall for the Indiana game. And I think, you know, while that wasn't the massive visitor list, you know, they had for that game. I think that might've paid off for Michigan because I remember when I talked to him after that visit, he said, I got a lot of quality time with the coaches, some that are here, some that aren't, but I really got to feel that family atmosphere and that bond. So I think for this experience, it's going to be crucial that they can show him, you know, he got to see the game day experience, but how's it like when they're, when you're not having a game, you know, the everyday life in Ann Arbor. And I think that is going to be a big part and Steve's mentioned this several times in different podcasts, but this, again, I still feel like it's going to be a Notre Dame-Michigan battle when it comes to it. And Michigan's been fighting Notre Dame with several guys, and Notre Dame does have a lot of momentum, but I do like Michigan's chances, especially with Sharon Moore. I mean, most of the offensive linemen, when they brought in this spring, what do they do? They walk them right through the weight room, and they see the Joe Moore Award standing there which is not hard to advertise that we had the best offensive line. Mm -hmm. We had the best, you know, offensive line coach here. And we know how to develop and get, get guys to the next level. I can see that's a big thing for him. He's a guy that 6'6", 305, but, you know, he didn't start playing football to the seventh grade. So he's got good athleticism. Um, he played soccer. He's played baseball. Shoot, he even did wrestling in the heavyweight meet um, – in the state heavyweight wrestling meet as a freshman, he plays fourth. So this guy 
is just an all-around athlete. He's a guy that excels on and off the field, and I think he's a perfect fit, and that's why he, you see Notre Dame and Michigan as two of his main contenders. But, yeah, right now I, I like Michigan's chances, and it's huge that they're getting him back up to campus because this has been something he's been talking about for months and just hasn't been able to do it. So it's key getting him back. Yeah, man, uh, you mentioned uh, – I knew Notre Dame was going to be – a, a problem, but I, I think they're going to be a big problem on the recruiting trail. Like you, you're you're really, really feeling them. Uh, it, it, obviously, we're going to notice it mostly with Dante Moore, who we'll talk about shortly. But it it does, I think, bring into focus how important this eval period is going to be for for this newly formed staff. I mean, we we focus so much on the transition, Steve. For the coaches, I mean, you, you had some turnover in the coaching ranks. Gaddis, Gaddis goes, you bring in, uh, you know, you, you, you promote Sharon, uh, and that has an impact. Uh, you go and, and Jesse Mentor comes on that side, Mike Elston comes on that side, but you also have the recruiting staff that turns over. So there's a lot of new role definition in a recruiting sense that, uh, you know, you you understand why it it takes some time over the course of the spring to get that all locked in, uh, but now you have you have some some other programs really really raising the bar. So not only does Notre Dame move a proven sort of big time recruiter into the head coaching position, right? But you you bring in Al Washington over, who's a noted recruiter, and then you see them doing things like I swear that Dante Moore visit. It was like the paparazzi was there. I had I was like, what what is this? And I see other schools doing. I see Miami did the same thing on a, on the Jalen Brown visit. Like, God, what, what, since when did this happen? With Rappelier, who we talked about earlier, did you guys see that? Hey, well, I uh, I was texting with with Fryermuth and Gazeki, and you know, be able to text with some NFL tight ends now. I haven't heard that exactly be be legal, <laughs> and I'm not, and I'm certainly not advocating for Michigan to do anything like that. But what it what it speaks to is how teams are raising the bar. So, for instance, for me, Colin Kaepernick, that that's an opportunity, right? That's like a legal opportunity to really raise the bar. That if I'm them, you know, with these camps they have coming up in the summer, man, I'm having Kaepernick in my camp. Right, you. I mean, to 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 use the things to your advantage because you see these these programs around really doing things to try to take it to another level. And like I said, you you understand why it takes some time for for Michigan to get locked in with their new crew. They're gonna have to adjust. For instance, Stephen, this is a big one and one that maybe goes hidden for its significance. Sharon going to the offensive coordinator is impactful because Sharon. For as much as we look at him as, hey, he's gonna he's the offensive line coach and he recruits offensive linemen, he, his tentacles were across the board. He's touching, you know, a Dax Hill and a Darian Green Warren and some other guys that he was involved with recruitments all over the place. And you just don't know that he, you just don't know that he's gonna be able to do the same thing now that he's the offensive coordinator. Sure, he's still gonna be hyper focused on the offensive line. And he's going to clearly be focused on the top offensive prospects, especially a quarterback. But to think that he's going to be able to be dropped in recruitments all over the place like he was before, I don't think that that's necessarily the case, which puts the pressure on some of the other guys on the staff to really raise their recruiting you know, prowess to his level to sort of offset some of that. And maybe hopefully that's what we see in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, right? You talk about Notre Dame. It's like it sometimes it just feels like Michigan doesn't have any like panache, any like um, flair, I guess, on the recruiting. You know, one thing that is is always stands out to me is you talk about the the Dante Moore visit, the Jalen Brown visit at Notre Dame in Miami. Um, part of the reason, like that, all is like that gets fans excited on social media, and we know that the prospects, their families love. Yeah, anybody would. I'd, I'd be, you know, you got hundreds of fans, you know, all that. Like Michigan, it's never – Michigan does not really do any of that, a lot of that. I don't really feel like the recruits – there's a lot of built-up excitement on social media about the kids that Michigan is recruiting. Now, I know the program can't directly do that, 
but there's there are ways around that type of stuff with the graphics and you know it's just about getting the fan base fired up and and the fan base knowing that there are going to be x y and z on campus let's say you know so like there's some things there that just i think are heck i even say i don't know if you guys see it's like michigan state's got a whole legion of fans now that tweet at they're like you know or are chirping at the recruits and stuff all the time it's it kind of reminds me of the old i don't know if you guys remember the old stoops troops with kentucky like four or five years ago it was like they tag everything with stoop i mean it's annoying um, but again, it's, it's, it's the kids want, like, they like the attention. It makes your school stand out a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's that with Notre Dame specifically, the one only silver lining maybe is that Freeman's inheriting a program that's already winning at a high level. So if they struggle this year, mm-hmm. it may open the door a little bit for some, for schools to say, Hey, like, yeah, he can recruit, but you know, look at, they what they could have gone to the playoff last year and they're, they're eight and four or whatever this year or whatever. So there is that, you know, there's that longevity of this cycle. Maybe Michigan, some other schools can take advantage of. Uh, but yeah, and then the Sharon, yeah, I mean, that goes without saying. He's been so valuable to Michigan on the recruiting trail. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you talk about? I know he transferred, but, you know, winning the Darian Green Warren recruitment where he's a an offensive line coach is recruiting a four-star corner out of Southern California. It doesn't really make any sense, but that just talks about how great of a recruiter the guy is, you know, and, and yeah, with being the OC, Naturally, there's going to be more on-field responsibility, which means less time to other tasks, other stuff that you were able to do. So, yeah, the other other members of the staff are absolutely going to kind of have to pick the slack up a little bit there and, and step up and and um, keep Michigan in these races and get them on the campus because it still feels like when Michigan does get guys to Ann Arbor, it always goes well. That's the one you know, feather that they feel like they've always had in their cap is like maybe more than some other schools. It just feels like they always really impress uh, when they get the guys they really want up there. So yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting time in recruiting right yeah. now. But to me, there's no doubt about it. So It is an interesting time, but it's not, they're not dire straight. So let's, let's make that clear. They still have Jay Harbaugh who is an outstanding recruiter. Jay Harbaugh gets it done on a recruiting trail. Like hey, I'm just Say I, I don't know that it gets enough attention that Jay freaking gets it done on the recruiting trail. Ron Bellamy, his first year on the staff, got it freaking done on the recruiting trail. Steve Klinkscale is one hell of a recruiter, right? I mean, you you look at what George Hilo was able to do, even getting in on, on Raylan Wilson. You like that he has, you know, that he has some of those connections down. In uh, in the Jacksonville area in Florida, Jacksonville over to Tallahassee, Tallahassee. I mean, you got some guys over there. I'm I'm interested to see what what Grant Newsom is going to be able to do, right? So you got some guys, and and Elston comes in with some profile. So you, you have some some factors, some quivers. I mean, you, you got some 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 arrows that you can still fire and be really really confident that you can pull something home. But the biggest one, and this takes us into uh, our last topic of discussion here is you still got Jim Harbaugh, man. You still got Jim Harbaugh. And I think in the Dante Moore recruitment, which at this point they are clearly, clearly chasing Notre Dame. Now, he did not say that to me. I recently sat down for a a long interview with Dante that we're going to be bringing on the site. It's a full production. Sat down with him for over 40 minutes. Uh, and so – uh, we're going to have footage, yeah, all kinds of stuff from his Elite 11 performance and all of that. Really, really getting in-depth into what makes him tick, what he's looking for on a recruiting trail, what he thinks of these schools specifically, and why they're resonating with him. And the reason why Notre Dame is really resonating with him, relationships. Now, no disrespect intended to Tommy Reese at all, but it's not like you're looking at him as a quarterback guru, right? You're looking at him as a guy that's developed a ton of quarterbacks. That's the, and that's not a disparagement. I'm just saying, like, why is he standing out? He's standing out because he may have the best relationship with Dante Moore of all the position coaches recruiting him. And so how do you bridge that gap? Effort and intensity, persistence. You're getting that from Matt Weiss. But and he's, a, he's coming from the pros. Matt Weiss can certainly sell that to him. That, hey, you know, I've been around big-time quarterbacks, right? I've I've been at that level. I know what those guys at that level look like. So you you have that. But it's the relationship piece. 
that is not scripted. He was talking about, hey, Notre Dame had this waffle for me and this Notre Dame waffle, and they were talking about uh, – he was talking about all of the non-football conversations that they have. That's the relationship piece. It's kind of like the relationship he has with the King coaches. They're more like family. That's not something – you know, it's, it's not a football thing. It's a family thing, and I think that's where uh, Jim Harbaugh, who I keep going back to when it was up in the air whether he was going to go or stay, not to the Vikings, but the year prior, and Will Johnson was out there, right? And Will Johnson was on the verge of maybe committing to Ohio State. And when Jim made up his mind, and, and, and Ward, when they made up his, their minds that Jim was going to be back, it hadn't been announced yet, but he was on the phone with Will Johnson saying, don't do anything. I'm going to be here, and I'm going to be on you. And he was on Will Johnson, almost like the primary recruiter, right? And you talk to Will right now, and Will will say, hey, Coach Harbaugh, that's my guy. That's my guy. And they sort of need – I think they need that kind of element with him. And that's not to say that Matt, you know, Matt Weiss, what he's doing isn't important. It is. It is. But Jim has the – he just had Colin Kaepernick on campus. Clearly he has a, a connection with Cap, right, that goes beyond football. That's the kind of connection that Dante is looking for. And to be able to push – hey, Cap's my guy, and to be able to tell him stories about Cap and how he made him the quarter, you know, how he made it an open competition with Alex Smith and Cap became the quarterback and – you know, Cap is he's he's standing up for social justice and I support that. Those kinds of things resonate with this kid. And so that's why I think for, for Michigan to bridge this gap, to make up this ground, they obviously have to keep doing what they're doing with the entire staff effort from Ron Bellamy to Klinkscale to Sharon, who spent a lot of time. And of course, Matt Weiss, the position coach is vitally important. But hell, Jim Harbaugh is in those. Jim's in those meetings anyway. He's in the quarterback meeting anyway, so it's almost like he's the the quarterback coach too. Which is, if, if it's me, if it's me, Jim Harbaugh is all over that one, all over that one. Almost like he's the primary recruiter. I know he's involved. I know he is. He's more than involved. I know he is present. But to me, in the way that he was with Will Johnson, because that that was another level of Jim Harbaugh recruitment that I think for Michigan to get this guy, they're going to have to have in order to bring home. Because there's an opportunity. Notre Dame leads, but it's not over. He's going to go through the process for at least another few months. But that's your window because he wants to get this decision made before the season starts. So I don't know that you even make it to the barbecue, right? If, if you make it to the barbecue, that's like the last thing because he wants to get this done before the season, so he's not thinking about recruiting during the season, and so he can help recruit other guys in the class. That that officially does, Bryce, make this crunch time. It is crunch time in the recruitment of Dante Moore. I think you folks will see it as we bring to you the feature, uh, but we can tell you right now, and I'm going to blog on it over on the MichiganInsider.com as well with some of his comments that, hey, this is the rubber has officially met the road in the Dante Moore recruitment, Bryce. Yeah, and, you know, when you look at this recruitment, I mean, this recruitment dates back to, what, when he was in the seventh grade? So this is one that's been going on for so long, um, and you would hope those relationships, those bonds would kind of outduel what Notre Dame's doing. But at the same time, they've had a lot of coaching turnover in Michigan as Notre Dame. But like you said, it's just the persistence, I feel like, and – the little things, it's the little things. And sometimes that's what wins in these type of recruitments. Well, man. You know? I mean, you, you talk about waffles. <laughs> what does that have to do with football? Right, but at right, the same time, you mention it to you, you know? Right, right. I think the same waffles. What are you talking about? He said, yeah, they had this Notre Dame waffle waiting for me. He said, when I walked in the building, the whole staff, and then when he said staff, he was like the whole building was waiting for me. He was like it was it was coaches, it was secretaries, it was the the trainers, it was the 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 cooks. He's like they were all there waiting for me. I mean that's that's just extra stuff, right? That you know resonates with the with the kid. That's why I say you know to 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 match that. That's the power. You still have Jim Harbaugh as your head coach, like that. That's weight. That's weighty. I think it's weighty in this. 
in this recruitment, especially to your point, it just made me think about this. I mean, this is this is one of the two recruitments where Josh Gaddis's departure is really felt. This one and Jalen Brown. These are the two where it's like, damn, that is that is where you're gonna feel it the most. And this is why I think that the gym factor, if you're gonna make that up with with Dante at least. I think it gives you the best chance. I'm not saying it can't happen without Jim taking over as a primary recruiter, but I'm just what it gives you the best shot. It's it, it, it's really Jim. And here's the the irony, you know, those two are cool now. Dante Moore and Jalen Brown are have connected on a little vibe. They went on this this visit tour. I can't remember what the name of it is, down south, and they took some visits together and they really connected and they're talking. You know, they've been talking about schools and that kind of thing and. You know, not to say that that helps Michigan, but it could. It could if you can, you know, get back in the in the pole position for those guys. That could really reap some positive dividends. But Jalen, you know that Miami's working really hard to put a fence around South Florida, but he's going to take at least two more visits up to Michigan. If I'm Michigan, I'm trying to make sure when he makes that visit, have Jalen Brown be on the visit at the same time, right? Make sure they're dads, both their dads. There's, they've started to connect some. Make sure both of them are there. And Jim Harbaugh with, with Dante Moore, and he, he, he said, I got relationships with all the staff. And he's really, really, he, he said it goes back to the beginning. To your point, Bryce, so that recruitment goes back to the beginning. Uh, he really likes the staff, but you can, you can see the difference. And you guys watch it when, when we released the, the video. And I made sure that we had, you know, we had the wide shot and then we had the shot a shot a camera just on him really to monitor his reaction to the questions and watch how he reacts when he talks about Notre Dame. And so that, that's how I know, like he, he didn't come out and say Notre Dame is my leader. That they're, you know, they're the team to beat. He didn't say any of that, but you got to read between the lines. And for me, my opinion on it. Oh yeah. They're out front, but it's not over, right? He's going to go through the process. You got some, you have some opportunity this is a huge, huge recruitment. I, I, this, is huge, this is a big one. I mean, you don't have to deal with Michigan State uh, anymore. I know that Spidey's were talking a little bit, but his, his head coach, Tyrone Spence, Spence, came in. It's like they took a quarterback. We were shocked they took another quarterback. That's what I put them out. I was like, oh, now that was the one thing that they said, all right, Michigan State's basically done in the recruitment of Dante Moore. But Notre Dame, yeah, this is this is that – this is one of those like Michigan Notre Dame go back to Jerome Bettis, right? This is this is that kind of recruitment. This is probably the most similar one to this, Steve, because you're talking about a Detroit guy, the number one guy in the state, and really it's Michigan Notre Dame. The last guy of this caliber that I can think of that, you know, that it was between these two teams, it was Jerome Bettis. Now they ultimately lost Jerome Bettis, but it wasn't for uh, lack of effort, they they recruited Ricky Powers, who was the number one tailback in the country, and Michigan was looking at Jerome Bettis as kind of like a fullback tailback hybrid, like sort of like Leroy Horde, and he didn't like that, and he he said when when signing day or the week of signing day or whatever it was, they were down seeing Ricky Powers instead of me, so I'm going to Notre Dame. He is still t- I had I had Jerome Bettis on my show a couple years ago. He's still telling that story, like like it scarred him for life. That Bo Beckler went to see Ricky Powers instead of him. But my point is, this is a huge recruitment, Steve Lorenz, and the Wolverines still have time to turn it around. Yeah, I would say, do we say Dante Moore, best in-state quarterback prospect since Henson, probably? Probably. Right? Gotta be. So, you think about that. Um, we talked about the dad's tattoo. We, You know, I was like... The, there's huge. Yeah, this is one. This is a recruitment we've literally been talking about for probably three years at this point. Credit to Dante for actually becoming the prospect that it looked that everyone kind of thought he could become when he was an eighth grader freshman, you know, started mentioning his name. Um, major props to him for actually living up to that. And, and again, I think we all agree <clears throat> should be ranked higher than a couple. I know he's ranked really high overall, but a few of the guys ranked ahead of him are quarterbacks. I think he should be ahead of at least a couple of those guys. Um, so yeah, you can't, you know, this is one of those that it, it's, it, 
if whatever way it turns out, you know, somebody's going to be really frustrated. I think it'll be more frustrating on Michigan's end though, because there were some deep rooted fandom um, connection, et cetera, et cetera. And that recruitment, not to mention, like we said, I mean, I want to say it was almost three or four calendar years ago that Michigan offered him as a prospect. I believe they were his first offer. They were, they were first or second. They were the first major school Mm -hmm. to offer him. And uh, as you said, Sam, Jim Harbaugh has been there the whole time. Uh, I agree that that could still be their feather in their cap in this recruitment. You know, if they were to close the gap, right? I mean, that that's that's kind of what it feels hey, like. Man. So, you, you, as you say that, Stephen, made me think of something else. Man, they love Jim Harbaugh at King, like legit. Right. The coaches, they love Jim. Went to speak at one of their. I think not this last after this last championship. But it was – and maybe he spoke after this one too, but it was after their, their championship uh, the first year Jim was here. And he went to speak at their banquet. And since then, I mean, he's been – they love Jim Harbaugh. Jim, here's another one. So uh, Tyrone Spencer, Spencer, the head coach at, at King, you know, I think, he, I think he's going to be a college coach at, at some point. It's like, like Ron Bellamy. He's going to move up the ranks like Corey Parker at Rouge is at Toledo now. You know, Spence, I think he's next up to make the jump. But there's there's preparation for that. So Jim connected him with the Ravens, right? So he he has an internship with the Ravens coming up. I want to say it's this summer. And so when I say they love Jim Harbaugh at King, they love Jim Harbaugh at King. And so that's why, again, it just speaks more to what I'm talking about, about why I think he, if they're going to get it done, if they're going to make up this ground, I think it's, it's going to be Jim Harbaugh that gets that gets in. I'm not guaranteeing you I'm not guaranteeing you that that does it, but I'm saying I think that that's their best shot. That Jim being the primary in this recruitment, if they're going to get it done, it's going to give them the best chance of doing it, Steve. So as you said that it made me think of, yeah, this is another reason why Jim is so important. Yeah. So, I mean, really we've said a lot about this one. It's just really about, I think at this point, getting him back up again. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. It's been a little bit. He just did have that. Yeah. The, the, the Notre Dame uh, event, I guess you would call it the, the one person event, I guess that they threw for him. Wasn't it like a um, red carpet? So, I mean, it was, it was, boy, it's crazy how all the, all the recruiting sites and everything knew all about it too. They just happened to be in the right spot at the right time. Um, so, you know, <laughs> that tell you right now, you'd never see something like that in Ann Arbor. It'd be probably a cold day in hell when you ever see something like that happen in front of Shen Beckler. So, um, but no, I mean, so for Michigan, I think the key is, I do. I think the key is, like you said, Sam, Jim Harbaugh, I think is a big key. And then also um, I got to think like maybe Michigan needs a couple, like a commit or two, like they need a, a they don't really have the one thing I've noticed about this cycle. I don't know. Maybe you guys agree. They don't really have that visible leader recruit guy, you know, and I know a lot of times that is the quarterback. It's been JJ, uh, geez, Alex Malzone back in the day. Like, you know, usually it's the quarterback, but Michigan doesn't really have, you know, a lot of times you see the recruits pumping each other up on social, you know, Michigan doesn't really have that. And I think, I think one other little, little thing is that just whenever there's a mention of Dante Moore in Notre Dame, there's just way more excitement everywhere on social media, everywhere the kid looks, there's just seems to be more excitement about it. Uh, despite the fact he's the, you know, the most important recruit for Michigan this cycle. So, you know, again, is that going to win a race? No, but it's one of those little things that like he talks about feeling the love. I got to wonder if that's a, like even a, a small part of it, you know, is just that constant, you know, uh, just the, the uh, adulation, I guess that you receive online or whatever. So uh, another little thing, but yeah, it really comes down to, yeah, Jim taking a bigger role, getting more involved and yeah, putting on the Will Johnson cap in this recruitment to hold off a, you know, a bitter rival, yeah. recruiting rival anyway, at this point. Yes, sir. All right, fellas, another one in, in the books. And I, I want to say that they are trying to get Dante on campus next week. Um, I don't know that that's set in stone though. So we'll keep you posted over on the MichiganInsider.com and be on the lookout uh, for this feature. Uh, and it's, it's a legit feature. We're going to be doing more of these uh, in the coming weeks and months where we sit down and go super in-depth with guys and give it more than a cursory glance. 
uh, their recruitment to try to figure out the whys. Uh, and, and hopefully that will lead to some more insight into recruiting. It is fitting that he would be the first one that we do that with. So give you a little sum of it over on the site in, in blog fashion. And then uh, we're putting together some B-roll footage, some action footage of him over the next couple of days to add to it. And then we'll drop it on you in the next week or so. So, But that will do it for this edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. We'll be back next time. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it. That's where they can find it. And don't wait to get in over on the MichiganInsider.com. $1 gets you access to all the insight, which is going to be ramping up now as the coaches get ready to get back out on the recruiting trail during the evaluation period. So you do not want to miss it over on the MichiganInsider.com. That will do it for us now here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider.